Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, wherever you're listening in the world, this is the Right on Track podcast with our very first episode for the new decade. Yes, indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Thomas. Hello. Hello, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, or, or is this technically our second considering the New Year's? It is our second, but it's our first review for the year. Mm. Like, like the, the New Year episode was only seven minutes long. True, we better give them something a bit more beefier. Yeah, something a bit more meaty, yes. But nevertheless, we are very pleased to be back and in our element doing what we do best. Yes, and talking about that? talking trains. Oh, yes, <laughs> talking about talking trains <laughs> yes. and talking about Thomas the Tanker Jim Galore. Yes. Mm. So, uh, what are the episodes we're covering today, Denim? Today we are covering Buzz Buzz, All at Sea, and One Good Turn, all from Series 3 of Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends. Yes, more specifically, the second budget of Series 3, where they got the second amount of money and they recorded the whole entire other part. Uh, But before we actually get into the reviews, we do have some stuff to say. Yes, we do have a very serious issue to talk about because, as you might have recognised by our accents, we are Australians, and uh, we've been living in the apocalypse these past few weeks. Yeah. Very much so. It's Mm. very real. Um, uh, So for those who somehow aren't aware, um, Australia gets this bushfire season from December to the end of February because that's our summer, Mm. where we get temperatures... Uh, from the low 30s in Celsius to sometimes 50 in some areas, if you're unlucky enough. And this has started a ton of bushfires. Um, We've never had fires on this scale before, not in any written-down history occupation of Australia. This is true. Mm. Um, And it has been calculated that approximately... All of Belgium has been on fire. Yep. And about one million animals have died. Mm-hmm. A few species have gone extinct. And I believe as many as 2,000 homes have been destroyed. Yeah. Mm. Um, and what we're asking you, humble listeners, is just to donate a few dollars to some charities out there that are helping fight the fires help those that have been displaced or help those that now need to build the home or even give money to the animals that are suffering and we need to help rebuild their populations. Mm. And we have got some charities here you can contribute to. You can get on board uh, the Red Cross, the Australian Red Cross that is, by going to redcross.org.au or if you're in Australia, you can call one eight hundred seven double three two seven six. You can also donate to the Salvation Army via salvationarmy.org.au or by phoning one three salvos because that's what we do in Australia. We abbreviate everything, mm-hmm. even charities. Uh, there's also foodbank.org.au. They were accepting uh, food donations, but now they've had too many, so it's strictly monetary donations they're receiving. And there's also St. Vincent de Paul Society, vinnies.org.au. That's V-I-N-N-I-E-S.org.au. And there's heaps of other ones as well. Wires, I know, yep. is yeah. specifically a wildlife for one. For all the animals. And ju- just for a little bit of history, because mm. I've heard tons of arguments going, it's arsonists dying the fires, or the Australian wildlife has been built to deal with this. This is totally fine. Mm. Well, the thing is, is that... This fire is on a scale of the Californian fires earlier this year, the Amazonian fire, and I think there was also one in India or somewhere around there. All of them combined, double it, and then you're talking about what's on scale here in Australia. Mm. And uh, we had a big fire a few years ago called Black Sat Day um, that killed around about 400 people. Luckily, only about two dozen have died this time because mm. everyone's actually evacuating, which is mm. a miracle. Mm. Um, but someone did a study on that Black Saturday fires, and during those fires, 150 Hiroshima bombs, from memory, mm. it's 150-something, could be 1,100, mm. whatever, mm. <laughs> Hiroshima bombs were released in energy. Mm. 
And this is a fire much bigger than that. Well, yeah, I was driving through the King Lake Marysville area at the beginning of last year. So this was toward the 10-year mm. anniversary of the fires. And you can still see the damage. Yeah. And you can only imagine what's happening in other parts of Australia in the moment with all the damage which has been done there. Yeah, um, I've been helping out a bit. I've mm. recently been down in South Gippsland creating family packs for those displaced. So creating food packs, toiletry packs, entertainment packs, or like puzzles, so on, and just from donations and buying stuff ourselves and then shipping them off to those um, who really need it. Mm. Um, and, and while I was down there, I was about 100 kilometres away from the closest fires and my water uh, became contaminated with smoke, which meant I couldn't drink it or use it. Well, the smoke's gotten so bad that it's made its way to Melbourne where we record this podcast. Yeah, Yeah. it's in the CBD. You can barely see in front of you. It's that bad. Yeah, so if you're looking straight down the Yarra River, you can probably only get 100 metres in sight before Mm. things just start to be completely obscured by Mm. the smoke. Mm. Australia has now got the worst air quality in the world. Mm. Yeah, I heard it was worse in Delhi today. Yeah. Yeah. So... Please, if you can donate to any of those charities, can you quickly list them off again, Parry? Okay, so the charities were the Australian Red Cross, the Australian Salvation Army, Food Bank, St Vincent de Paul Society, and Wires, the yes. Wildlife Fund. Yeah. Thank you so much, mm. guys. Mm. But we're not here to talk about fires. Mm. No, no. We're here to talk about very small fires which are happening inside fireboxes of steam engines. That's yes. very true. Yes. Before we do get to that, I would like to say um, thank you to those who have already been um, showing awareness to it, who are outside mm. of Australia or within Australia, mm. checking up on us, but also checking up on your fellow Australian residents and um, keeping up to date with the news. So thank you for that. Yeah, yeah we, we have actually had people messages saying, are you guys okay? Are you, yeah. like, swamped by fires as well? No, yeah. no, we're fine. We're yep. okay. We're fine. We're alive. Mm. Just Someone forgot to upload an, an episode, which is totally fine. <laughs> and yeah, we're back to the, the banter. Mm. <laughs> Anywho. Yeah, I think we should move on to our first episode today, which is, of course, Buzz Buzz. Uh, yeah, so the clip we're going to be playing here is just the very start of the episode, so listen away. Trevor, the traction engine, was enjoying his work in the vicarage orchard. Birds were singing and apples were ripening on the trees. It was a lovely day. Hello, Trevor, said James. You look as bright and cheerful as my red paint. Oh, I am, replied Trevor. What's that noise? asked James. It's the bees, laughed Trevor. They're all in these boxy things called beehives. I'm taking them to the station. The vicar says his bees make good honey and is giving some of them to his friends. Just then, Boko, the diesel engine, hummed in. Take care, you two. Don't make the bees angry. They might sting you. James didn't like being told what to do by a diesel, and he buzzed away. What a racist. Yeah. I know. I mean, seriously, where has this prejudice come from? Since when has James disliked diesels? Probably since Devious Diesel. True. Mm. However, um, in, I forget the railway series book... Mainline Engines. Yeah. Number um, 21 in the series? I, uh, well, I, I'm not entirely sure, but I've got it right in front of me here, Connor. Okay, I'm doing, I trust I've you. done my research. He's doing okay. his homework. Okay, okay, just make sure it's on my desk by morning. <laughs> but um, there is actually a few stories where Duck is having to deal with diesels, and he frequently holds lots of prejudice against them. Um, he dislikes them, so on. I believe the connection may be that he used to take a slow goods um, during the night up to Barrow um, and diesels would always be there making fun of him and that's why he just doesn't like diesels. Uh, it's, it's expanded upon the railway series but this is probably the only real look we get of it here. The mm. James and diesel conflicts. Yeah. It just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. So to me, it it's like, hasn't been built up or anything like that. There's been no exposition previously. It's just like, oh, James hates diesels. Deal with it. Yeah. But we need to talk about this episode overall. So, Denim, are you able to give us a brief rundown? So, as mentioned in your clip, uh, the vicar of Wellsworth is producing honey from his bees. And uh, as also mentioned, uh, James uh, finds a pickle between himself and Boko because 
Heezer Diesel. And later on at uh, Tidmouth Station, uh, James is collecting passengers and a porter knocks over a beehive that is being transported and a swarm of bees erupt out, uh, evacuating the whole station and James gets stung on the nose by a bee. By an animated bee, no less. Very true. This is a very interesting part of this episode. We've never seen... Uh, cell animation. Mm. Cell, cell animation in Thomas, and this is the only time we see it. We do well. actually see it one other time in a movie. Uh, Thomas and the Magic Railroad, it's seen. Yes, true. Yep. yep. Uh, but this uh, cell animation um, is done by uh, Peter Cheney. Cheney? I, I'm unable to pronounce his name. I know who you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. Uh, who he drew all these animation. And the thing is, is that a whole bunch of these B cells uh, have found their way into possession of several uh, fans of the show. I know that there are at least three different individual cells owned by different people uh, from this very episode, no less, which is pretty interesting. It is very interesting. Yeah. Why do you reckon it was a choice to go with cell animation for this episode? Ooh. Because it looks nice. Yeah. Like, but True. apart from that, though, it would be really difficult to create a model of a bee, well, I feel. Well, not, not necessarily a model of a bee, but a model of a swarm of bees flying out of the hive. And then they need to have one flying in. And as it says in the narration, puh, puh. Foo, foo! Mm. It stung his foot. Yeah, mm. and it, well, like, actually, he stung two feet, yeah, according to the animation. True. But according to the narration, he burnt a foot. Yeah, um, <laughs> and then as revenge for burning his foot, uh, this bee decides to sting James on the nose. Mm. I'm just going looking up that name now, Peter Chang. Chang. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My Y's look like no, my G's look like Y's. <laughs> <laughs> That's my issue. Looking at it, it's a very comical scene. Like, I love the moment where that one bee zooms down and there's that sound of an aeroplane kind of yeah. washing past. I especially love James's faces during that particular scene as well because he zooms away and James goes, where did he go? Where did he go? And then he comes back down and he follows the bee. And then when he stings him on the nose, it's all like his eyes wobble. Yeah. yeah. And then his nose, like, glows red a tiny, tiny bit. Mm. It's just brilliant tiny bits of... Mm. animation and detail mm. in here. Like, this episode has got a ton of tiny details. Um, like, when James needs to leave the station, mm. you can see his driver and fireman are, like, sort of leaning against the cab walls. Yeah. Just watching the episode now, as um, James leaving, the coaches are stranded, you could just see one figurine just poking out just to make sure that everything's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the signalman. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, what I particularly love about that scene as well is the scream that Michael Angelus has for James. Oh, like, like a, it's yeah! iconic. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a wonderful uh, little detail. But, mm. yes, uh, James doesn't like diesels, Um such as Boko, then Boko has an interaction with Duck and Bill and Ben mm. and goes, I call them the bees. How fitting. And then that's not heard from again as... Yeah, it's kind of like a weird deviation the story takes there. It, yeah. It's a strange Wh- little... Why didn't they just prolong the conflict with James getting stung rather than focus on that bit? True, but what I'd say, uh, the prolonging of James being stung, you see him go through a tunnel, spill on the turntable, have water sprayed on him, and rest at the sheds. Mm. And, like, the thing is, is you really can't expand that unless you want more montage footage. But if you look at the original story on which this is based, it serves as, like, a reminder to James that, you know, you can trust Diesels. True. You know, and uh, him getting stung as comeuppance for not listening to Boko. Whereas in this particular television episode, the ending just has the vicar going, thank you very much, James. Yeah, if it was Christmas, we'd call you James the Red-Nosed Engine. (laughs) (laughs) The ending feels really weird because, as you say, it's different from the book version and it kind of, like, it feels like that someone on the creative direction team said, we need a happy ending. Yeah, that does feel a bit like it. I get that vibe. Like, like, Like... What I would do, personally, is in that ending scene where James is there, you know, talking, 
uh, with the vicar, have Boko there as well. Um, or maybe Boko brings the beehives to the sheds mm. and then they have that little joke and Boko says, the, you know, call you James the red-nosed engine. And James, like, laughs, laughs along. Ha, ha. Yeah. Yes, and then exactly goes, like that. You know, <laughs> Thank you, Boko. <laughs> Uh, you know, you're a really good friend after all. Uh, then goes. I actually up. like that ending much better, yeah, like a hundred times better. And, and then you can still keep the same engine, the ending of they call him the bee's knees, which mm. means he's really useful, more useful than ever. Let's do it. So like old men, mm. <laughs> 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 like the Waldorf, Statler, and Denim. but yeah um so it has got a weird ending but this episode it's got sort of three main stages uh no not three five it has got the start i jump from an odd to an odd it's fine okay Uh, it's got the start with trevor james and boko interesting character interactions there Mm. then we sort of move to one with Boko, Bill, Ben, and Duck, which I've never seen Duck interact with any of them before. So another interesting interaction. Mm-hmm. Then we have like a tiny bit of James arguing about Buzzbox Diesel, mm-hmm. um, but like he just turns up. And then James is going to the station where he gets stung by the bee. Then he tries to blow them off in a short montage. And then you've got the ending where he's more useful than ever. He's I'm sorry. more useful than ever. Blow them off? He tried to blow that, the That was a off. poorly phrased sentence. Yeah, <laughs> thinking about that now, you may want to... He tried to steam so sorry, the bees. Sorry, this is a family-friendly podcast. We should remember that. Yeah. <laughs> it's been too long, guys. <laughs> All that Christmas and Halloween. Uh, not like Halloween, Christmas New Year's. Pudding. Mm. I'm telling you. No, uh, he tried to steam them. Like I, I believe they say in the episode he tried to... Smoke, whi- yeah, he smoked them out, tried to smoke them out he during tried the long to tunnel. Whish them out. Yeah, whish them out. It's like, uh, that's quite a smart idea. I'll give him that. Hmm. Um, but there are a few interesting things about this episode. Um, one, the custom-made face masks. Yes, the red noses. Yeah. Yes, there are two face masks James has, an angry one and an exasperated one. And or I'm... an exhausted one, it looks more like to me. Yeah. And, like, then, oh, and then is there a, a smiley one? Yes, there the is a smiley one yep, at the end. At the end. So those three faces there. Um which I believe were recently revealed to be in possession of someone, or they were just shown to be on a face sheet somewhere. They were also um, reused in a 2002 music video for James the Red Nose Engine. Yes. <laughs> James the Red Engine, sorry. <laughs> and they were planning to be used in Cooling All Engines during the dream sequence where James is shown no. at a carnival and people are throwing, like, balls at coconuts. They planned because he's dressed up like a clown, mm. to give him a big red nose. That makes sense. But they didn't. It's his nightmare. Missed opportunity, guys. Seriously. Mm. You make calling all engines even worse. Oh, the shame of it. Like, I, I, I personally like it a bit, but I guess... I mean, I liked it when it came out. True, okay. Well, I, haven't, I haven't seen it in years, to be honest. I haven't seen it, period, so, you know. Is, yeah. that, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, well, it's, it's, got, it's, it's got Diesel 10 in it. Oh, well, that's... And Lady. Okay. Yeah. And Rusty. Mm. Yeah, Rusty and Lady. lady that's a really weird... A dream sequence. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just sit on that one for a while. Um, she, okay. It will be very interesting when we get to it. Mm. Yeah. Shall we get to our ratings now? Well, yeah. I, actually, I, I've got a few tiny things to this. Okay. They're small. Yeah, yeah. Um... One, there are lots of character interactions to this. I love it. Uh, two, this is, of course, based on a real event where six, I repeat, a total of six bees escaped their hive at London Bridge Station and it caused people to panic. Just Over six bees. Oh, my goodness, six bees. Everybody evacuate. It sounds like a Simpsons episode. <laughs> it does. <laughs> um, or that ad where... Um, there's a car ad in Australia where they're talking about the size of the engine and they go, 200 kilowatts, and they go, 200 kilowatts? And then everyone <laughs> runs away. What's under the hood? 200 kilowatts. 200 kilowatts? 200 kilowatts? 200 kilowatts? 
New Toyota Rav V6. With 200 kilowatts, you better think faster. No. I vaguely recall that one. Um, yes. But there's a really interesting detail I like about this. And I'm fairly sure it's purely accidental. But when all the passengers clear the station, it's stop motion. You see them move forward, move forward, move forward, disappear. I really like that. Yeah, It is beautiful, mm. except the man closest to the camera is seen to quote-unquote fall over. Yes. I love that. In one shot, he's completely upright, and then the next, he's face down on the ground, and then he slowly pushes himself up, looks around, then leaves. Yeah, I love that. He sort of like looks behind at the beehive and goes, um, okay, I've escaped the worst of it. <laughs> but It's like the apocalypse. <laughs> they had the detail of him being slowly lifting himself up, mm. but not the detail of him falling, which makes me raise the question. Did they accidentally knock him over? It's possible. And just roll with it. Yeah, it is possible. Like that's, that's the smartest thing to do. And it seems to be very mitten-esque mm. to do something like that. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, ratings, guys. Okay, now we're going to the ratings. Yes, uh, I had small things. Well, uh, look, there are a few issues I have with this episode, like namely how long it takes to get to the main conflict and this yep. deviation with Boko and Bill yeah, and Ben and is... James somehow being prejudiced against Diesels. But overall, like it's just an iconic episode for a reason. Yeah. And that yes. one reason is James getting stung by a bee. And for that reason alone, it gets 9 out of a 10. Wow. Yeah. Big call. <laughs> That's a big... You, now, you see, I agree with you. It's got a lot of effort put into this episode. We get the beehives. We get more view of Trevor. We've got tons of amazing character interactions. We get the red-nosed face. We get the Sal animation, yes. which is revolutionary. Mm. Yeah. But I really dislike, as you say, the out-of-nowhere James Diesel hate mm. and the supreme lack of ending to that conflict that we saw at the very start of the episode. Like, that to me seems like the main thing we should focus on. Mm. Since it happens there and then it's brought up again and and, and then we don't see Boko. Mm. It, it, so for that reason, I'm going to give it a seven. Okay. It, I was going to go for a six. Yeah, but I thought you might have. Yeah, it, it, it has got that higher budget of the second series. Mm. They could have easily just painted James's nose red and have just sort of, like, them looking around for quote-unquote bees, mm. but they went to the detail of having Sala animation and modelling a brand-new nose for him. He had a nose job. It's perfect. <laughs> so that's why I'm giving it a seven. Amazing. There is one little tiny detail that we forgot to mention that I do love, and it's in the very last scene when the vicar comes to to Sheds, both the driver and the fireman have been given jars of honey. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. It, it's those little things that yeah. make the show so special. Yeah, there's just so many little nuances I uh, mm. love about this episode particularly. And I kind of really enjoy when an episode will kind of go off in a couple of different directions. And I think this episode is bursting at the seams with that. Like oh, yeah. You see Bill and Ben for the splittest of moments. You see uh, a lot of the props from Tugs being used in here as well, yep. which is beautiful. And the story, again, as Parry said, it's iconic. So I'm going to give it a nine as well. Ooh. You're not going to make me change. I, mean, I, I see both no, of no, you no, looking no, at me. No, no, I, seven. no, I think seven is fair. It's solid. A any less than seven, then I think we would be angry. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, uh, so that was Buzz Buzz. And now, uh, what episode are we going to now? Next, Harry? we're going to All at Sea, which is the most interesting episode I think we've covered thus far. Mm. Ooh, yeah, I'd go with that. Uh, it's the 18th episode of the third season, and we're just going to be playing a clip here with Duck musing over the ocean and the horizon. I wish I could sail to faraway land, sighed Duck. Engines can't go sailing, snorted Percy, because engines can't float. Duck still had his dreams. Suddenly, they were rudely interrupted. Wakey, wakey, hovered Harold. I'm looking at the boat, replied Duck. That's the regatta. 
word Harold. Lots of boats, lots of races, great fun. I hover around in case I'm needed. Do you go to the horizon? asked Duck. Yes, and beyond. I didn't know there was a beyond, whispered Percy. Do you go to other places at sea? continued Duck. Certainly. I can land on ships, you know, anywhere, anytime. Goodbye. Duck sighed. I love what we're seeing here. It's a very wistful side of Duck and a very ignorant, non-imaginative side of Percy. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it, it, it's a brilliant little episode, this, and it has some of my favourite little lines and connections. Including Percy's line that we just yeah, heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Percy is a flat earther. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we've come across because... Percy doesn't know that there's something beyond the horizon, which means he... All he knows is soda. Yeah, (laughs) true. true. Or whatever workshop he came from. But that means that he only believes in whatever he can, like, see, basically. Like, literally, seeing's believing for him. And then he is not able to see beyond the horizon. And then he said a little line there that made me think back to earlier this season when he said, engines can't float. Now, like, I mean, that that does seem, like, pretty ignorant, but didn't Percy have a few particular incidences with water... Two. ...that could yeah. have been avoided if he floated? Exactly. He, of course, took the plunge in Season 2, and then he waded through a swollen river in Season 3. In, in fact, the very first episode of Season uh, second, 3. Second episode. Uh, this is yes. not my day today. It's <laughs> totally fine. Percy's trying to forget about those events, though. Mm. It's PTSD. It, yeah. yeah. It's in his past. Um... But yes, this episode, All at Sea, 18th episode. So, uh, this starts off with Duck and Percy working at the harbour, uh, which seems to be a reference to Diesel Does It Again. Yes. Yeah. Or not so. a direct reference, but this heavily follows that continuity there. Mm. Um, and then they're just musing over the horizon. Then, well, there's a regatta. Yeah, there's a regatta Harold going mentioned. on. Yeah. And then what happens is that there is an injured sailor and Harold quickly drops him off at the dock and he'll take him to hospital himself, but he needs to be by the regatta. So then Duck acts as a rail ambulance and takes the injured sailor all the way to... Uh, Bertie the bus. Yes, at <laughs> Lower Suttery Station. Correct. And then Bertie takes him to hospital, which is a nice little... Uh, journey there. Hmm. And at the end of the episode, uh, Duck is given a regatta flag as a thank you, uh, which is dropped from Harold in the middle of the night. Yes. And is somehow by pure miracle like caught. Like, I mean, when we were discussing Percy's promise, there is a particular moment where, you know, tea and hot drinks are dropped and they land on Percy's dome. It's like... He's unable to aim at all, Mm. okay? Like, aim for the water. It's soft. And now he's expecting these guys to catch a piece of paper no bigger than, let's say, A2. No, Mm. other one, A5. Mm. Okay. From however high up in the air and have it not fall in the water, which is, like, 20 metres away from them. Like, like, I'm I'm just saying, Harold doesn't care what happens. Harold is a wizard, he does this all the time. Like it's a continuous theme throughout the series. It's wizard. He he drops stuff and they just miraculously land where they're supposed to. Or he's, he's got good aim. He has very good aim. Or his yeah. pilot does at least. True. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's a very humble episode. Simple plot. Mm. Uh, duck wanting to go over the ocean, and then part of the ocean comes to him in the form of an injured sailor that he then helps Mm, out. Which is significant, because it's the first time we actually see a a human character with an injury. Yes, and we only see a small-scale figure of this injured sailor, but a large-scale figure was made. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah, some behind-the-scenes photos of Season 3 showing. Oh, we should address something else which is significant about this episode. It is the first entirely original story. It is. Yeah, yeah. written by David Mitten and Britt Allcroft. Uh, Yeah, it's not based on a story by either of the Audrey's. It's not based on a magazine story. It's one which was written specifically for the show. It's also David Mitten's favourite episode. Mm. Yes, so this is uh, one of... If you're listening, David, hello. Yeah, well, somewhere. (laughs) Um, Up there. uh, This is one of David Mitten's favourite episodes and one of Britt Allcroft's as well. Mm. 
Um, and the at the end of the episode, there's this brilliant shot where Percy Duck and Thomas, for whatever reason, he needed to appear. He's a title character. Um, is looking out over the horizon and beyond. And there's the wonderful sunset just in front of them. You catch their silhouettes. It's a beautiful shot. Mm. And this shot David Mitten loved so much, as well as Britt Allcroft, that as a gift, David Mitten had that shot printed and framed and gave it to Britt Allcroft. Oh, That's very special. And you can frankly see why. Yeah. It is... A marvellous shot. I'm pretty sure if you did, like, a survey on the fandom, this would be one of their favourite shots. Are you going to answer that, Connor? What? Oh, I, I didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my phone was ringing. That's okay. We'll, we'll cut that out. <laughs> um, how long had it been ringing for? A uh, good 30 seconds, I would say. I was wondering what that was. Mm. I didn't even know it was ringing. Mm. Soundproof. <laughs> I think it's definitely worth... I, I, I can't really put the conclusion of this story into coherent words, so I think we just need to play the clip. Okay. That's probably a good idea, actually. Duck still wonders about the lands beyond the horizon, but he enjoys being with friends most of all, and I think he knows that sometimes the best travels are those we can only dream about. Don't you? Yes, I do. That like it's I, a I, wonderful ending. It's I, a beautiful ending. I got chills there. Yeah, yeah, I think we all did. Yeah, like just the narration of Michelangelo's, the use of music in the background, the and breaking then a, of the fourth wall. Yes, and of course, um, you you can't see it obviously, listeners, because this is an oral podcast. But um, yeah, the sunset, the sunset shot that we see of the three engines overlooking the harbour. Yeah, it is truly beautiful stuff. It yeah. is lovely. It almost. Parts of this episode kind of almost feels like it's tapping into the Tugs universe a little bit. Well, I think there was a Tugs prop used in this episode. Yeah, we so have tons yeah. of Tugs yeah. props. Mm. Yeah. Um, it feels like a, a very subtle nod to that. Mm. Yes. Um, and, of course, that isn't the only good thing about this episode. Mm. Near the start, there are tons of moving shots mm. where you have Duck go one way, Percy go another and then a crane lifts something up, then another crane lowers something down. It's one of my favourite sequences. It's like, you can see, this is a busy harbour. Mm. This isn't just trains on a mall railway. This is an entire model world mm. working together. And it is a brilliant little episode. And, of course, it has a Duck and Bertie relation, mm. where Bertie goes, oh, you look marvellous flying down the line there, Duck. No wonder they call you Great Western. Yeah. And it went straight to his ego. <laughs> <laughs> and Bertie's don't we know right. about it? Oh. Yes. Um, it has got some absolutely astounding nighttime shots and then yeah. evening shots and then day shots. And it's... Oh, I love it. But I have got two questions for you guys. Mm-hmm. One, what are your thoughts about Thomas in that end shot? He has to be there. Of course yeah. he has to be there. I mean, as Denham said, he's the title character. He's the reason why people keep watching this show. Yeah, he wasn't that, in Buzz Buzz. He wasn't in Buzz Buzz, and that is still an amazing episode. I, I feel like every now and then, there are times where there's not a lot of episodes to do with Thomas, but they kind of like have to have him in there. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I like Thomas. Yeah, like... Oh, like he is like the image of our show, and then I'm doing this show with two people named Tom. So our full name is Thomas, but we abbreviate it just to make it easier for everybody. Yeah, yeah, but we you both, both abbreviated it. Yes. Come on, Denim, Parry, make it easy on me. <laughs> um, but yeah, and the injured sailor. Okay, he's hurt his arm or something. It's all bandaged up. He needs to go to hospital right away. So mm. I'm assuming that's like broken or cut badly mm. or something. Mm. Should he really be riding in an engine's cab? Maybe that's all they had to offer. Because they're in a goods harbour. Are there passenger coaches? How's an ambulance going to get there? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but lorries get there. Don't say that word around here. That's a dirty word. Mm. We so, will not have you utter that ever again. Unless it's a it's horrid for, word. It is a horrid word indeed. 
I love you guys. Um, <laughs> that, 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 was, that was a nod to uh, things to come. Yes. Yes. In approximately five to six months. Yep. Um, That's about right, actually, I yeah. would think, yeah. given the rate we're going. Uh, but, um, like, the, an ambulance could get there, or even if an ambulance was further away, why didn't Duck meet an ambulance at Lower Sutter instead of Bertie? Maybe there are no ambulances on the island to say that. Maybe the NHS was on strike. <gasps> yes. True. Yep. Okay, that's canon now. But the question I always ask myself when watching this episode is, how did this man hurt his hand on a sailing boat? Well, did uh, he um, break it opening the caviar jar or something like that? I mean, <laughs> who's there shaking up the champagne? <laughs> no, I, I'm pretty. The cork took his wrist out. <laughs> Yeah. No, I I just like if it was like he slipped and fell and he just hurt his arm. Mm. But it was like, oh, that there was a a killer shark and he died. And I had to wrestle him. And isn't oh. that the plot to the movie Jaws? <laughs> Luckily, my boat was big enough. Um. <laughs> something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, think, yeah. Something yeah. like that. I think you're gonna need a minute. <laughs> We'll be all good. Well, uh, let's give our rankings and we can have a bit of a break. I'm I'm going to give this episode an 8.5. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm going to give it a 9. Another 9? Another 9, yes. I'm also going to give it a 9. Hey, I'm getting closer. You are. This it, is like the good old days. <laughs> Me handing out constant 9s to everything. We're back, guys. Yeah. In the meantime, whilst we have a little bit of a time to ourselves, we're going to head to our feature for the week, and it's featuring my favourite character in the show, uh, Terence the Tractor, in Headmaster Hastings' The Caterpillar Stomp. You're listening to Ride on Track. the Caterpillar Stomp. And we were romper stomping in here. Oh, we certainly were. By Headmaster Hastings. Brilliant thing. Uh, brilliant thing. Brilliant theme. Of Bru- a- brilliant thing. It's a brilliant, brilliant theme, thing brilliant. and theme. Yeah. <laughs> and the song. It's just a brilliant little ditty. By what has been described uh, by Denim here of a criminally... Do you want to try that again? 
No. Okay. A, a, a character. A criminally underused character. Yeah. In the series. Mm. And I really Terrence. like him. Mm. And his theme is iconic. It is. It is. It's one of my favourite themes. It is my favourite theme, I think. Oh, is it? Pretty much. Have you I'd heard so. Michael O'Donnell's reorchestration of it? I haven't. We'll have to listen to this after yeah, we've recorded yeah, guys, this podcast. Guys, <laughs> we're still busy, guys. Mm. Um, and we're busy getting on to the last episode of today, the last story, rather, which is One Good Term, featuring our favourite Tank Engine twins, Bill... Donald didn't... Oh. No, Tank Engine Ari and twins. <laughs> Donald and... Splatter and Oh, Dodge. God, now you're... Uh, can, can we start that again? <laughs> guys, it's Max and Monty. Okay. <laughs> Featuring our favourite Tank Engine twins, Bill and Ben. Not Bash and Dash. Not Bash and Dash. No, and in the clip we're seeing here, the twins are being introduced to a device generally used by the tender engines. At last, the day's work was done. The twins now became excited. They were going to use the turntable for the first time. Bill went first. This is fun! He shrieked to Ben. He didn't want to move off at all. The foreman stopped the turntable. Please make way for the other engines, he ordered. Bill did so, but unfortunately the foreman had accidentally stopped the turntable in the wrong place. Bill was on the wrong track and there was Ben puffing directly toward him. The engines came to a grinding halt. They gazed grimly at each other. I was here first, said Bill. But you're in my way, protested Ben. You'll have to back up again. I won't. You will. I won't. The fat controller came to stop the noise. If you don't behave, I shall not allow you here again. And that was a Wild West standoff. Yes, I love how they oh. get, they've get. they got the little good, the bad and the ugly whistle in there. I, I, I just love whenever... Thomas ever just so slightly taps into popular culture. Mm, yes, it's a brilliant little thing. But one good turn, or as its previous title was, one good turn. Oh, so it's always had the same title. Yeah, uh, it's just its original title had an ellipsis afterwards. That was the pause. Oh. So, so it was originally called One Good Turn. Dot, dot, dot. Mm, and this is a magazine story written by the future showrunner, Andrew Brenner, and it's a combination of two, two stories. Yep. yep, one called Head On and another one called Pulling Together. Hmm. And basically the full story is that Bill and Ben are working in the mines and the Fat Controller says you need to help Boko and Edward in the yard. And as you heard in the clip, they do indeed do a good job and then they're rewarded with a trip on the turntable which ends badly and for the rest of the episode they're bickering until Boko comes up with an ingenious idea to get them working together again. Yeah, which is Boko being lazy. Mm. Now I do want to point out a discrepancy of sorts in that clip because the foreman says to please make way for the other engines. There are two other engines, they are Edward and Boko. And And we see Boko on like moving... like, on the other side of the yard. Yeah, I, I know. It's strange, because as has previously... Can we edit that bit out, please? Yeah, sure. As has previously been established in this series, it's really only tender engines, the bigger tender engines, who need the turntables, because tank engines can operate just as well forwards as they can backwards. It doesn't matter whether they're boilers facing forwards or they're bunkers facing forwards. Yeah. You know, they're just as good. And, like, I mean, there he could have been referring to Ben, Mm. but then if that was the case, he's stopped it in the wrong place. Yes. Which is the entire issue with this uh, episode. Uh, Bill then moves around the turntable, runs head on to Ben, and then they bicker over who should have been there. Mm. Like, they essentially had one of those... Dances where I'll go left, then the other person goes left, and so I'll go right now, I go right, and now you just can't move. It, it's like a, it's a weird episode because it feels like not a lot happens, but, but at the same time, a lot happens. Exactly. Yeah. So it starts off with a reintroduction to these twins, mm. and they're described as the most mischievous uh, engines on the railway. I'm pretty sure. And Something we, to that effect. Yeah, and we see them, like, pulling trucks away and dropping... It's basically reliving the episode, The Diseasel. It's, like, a little bit, but only this time they're friends with Boko. Yes. That's yeah. established. Yeah. 
Um, and yeah, then they asked about Wellsworth Yard, where they went work hard, and there's a brilliant shot of the yard all organised. Wellsworth Yard in season three form, all organised. Love it. It's like a Thanks, bird. Poco. It's it's brilliant. <laughs> Honestly, it's a bird's eye view of the yard, and we just see everything neatly arranged. We can see Boko just running away down on the main line. You see or what the coaches to together. You see the tankers together. You can see Mail vans. Bill and Ben on their separate lines. Just brilliant. Top marks to the prop designers. Yeah, like and, the, and the shunters. And the shunters. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, 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 and uh, the signalman. Yes. <laughs> yes, but not the foreman. No, no, not the foreman. Uh, but then the final, the finale, the finale of this episode is Boko decides to not take his slow goods train to the harbour, and he gets the fat controller in on this. So the fat controller gets the twins to pull the train instead, and one twin can't pull it himself, so both need to. Which I really don't understand. I, like I can understand on how a train may be too heavy for one engine to pull. However, both of them working together, when they're pulling it, they will be moving excruciatingly slowly to try and get it to move. Because the reason it can't move is due to friction. And that way, and then as soon as you get a tiny bit of it moving, it will just continue to roll. However, if you need two engines to get it to start, you should still really be moving slow the whole way. And, And then they don't. But... Apart from that, the episode's fine. Sort of. Oh, what? Well, this episode is good enough that it warranted its own music video. True. <laughs> I will concede that, says Connor. I, I will concede to that. Okay, like, what, what, what is a really good thing about this episode? All of it. All of it. I mean, as you've mentioned, we're reacquainted with Bill and Ben. We get to see the mischievous side. We get to see Boko acting as a sort of older brother figure. We've got a cameo there from Edward. We've got uh, the Fat Controller going along with Boko's shenanigans. Yeah. Yeah. It's just just got so much going for it. I like it. It's so much fun. I do like it. However, when researching this episode, I came across something Mm. which infuriated me. So oh. badly that you even went down an octave with your voice. Gifts with my voice. Oh, is that Tom Denham? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Why, hello there. <laughs> it's the, the resemblance is uncanny. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, your voice needs to be a little bit higher and a little bit more obnoxious, and then you'll be me. But I'll try later. <laughs> um, it is described that this is the first time that Bill and Ben have used the turntable. Like, really, is that the case? Because they have been the ones that have essentially reorganised this entire yard, and you can see that there are trucks that have moved from A to B, B to A, C to Z. And they're even facing opposite directions when they go on the turntable. Example. Example. Exactly. So the thing is, is that they needed to have used the turntable at least once. Okay? One of them needs to have used it at least once. Yeah. Even though it says both. Maybe when they said, uh, like, a turn on the turntable, maybe it was like a full 360, like yeah, what happened to James but, but in the yeah. first season. Then Bill doesn't do a full 360. He mm. moves, like, 90 degrees. Well, that's well, because he stopped. Like, by I, the foreman. I would understand if uh, their explanation was they would push stuff onto the turntable, or they, they just used it as, like, a piece of track. They didn't actually turn around on it themselves, mm. even though it's highly unlikely to completely reorganise the yard. But there's one other thing that gets me, and that is that Bill is in a siding in this scene. He is in a siding. He couldn't have gotten there without hopping on the turntable. And I'm fairly sure the other side is completely blocked off as well, which means he needed to have turned around. I've never seen you so angry. This is incredible. Yeah, this is great. Uh, have you got anything else you'd like to rant about? Because I reckon this could just you know easily full time for the rest of this episode. <laughs> well, like, I mean, this is the end of the episode. Okay. Not quite. We've still got time. <laughs> oh, no. Dory, I'll have plenty to rant about in the future. Just <laughs> just let me build up to it, okay? okay? Oh, boy. <laughs> I can't wait for season eight. <laughs> I can't wait for season 15. <laughs> oh, just you wait to season four. But... Whoa. 
rankings for this episode it is a good episode. There yep. has got a few qualms I don't like about it. J- just tiny, minuscule, I hate it. But I'll give it a six. 6.5. Okay. That's fair. Venom, you go. Yeah, I don't rave about it, but I enjoy it. So it's a seven from me. I feel like you've pulled back from me. <laughs> hmm. I am going to give it... Yeah, I'm going to give it a nine again. Oh, I, look at you go, <laughs> you pearly, pearly man. I, I, maybe I'm just in a good mood today. Don't, I don't know. But I seem to love all three of the episodes we covered today. They're the ones I return to yeah. again and again and again. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. However, I remember when you first joined us in season two, you were giving everything nines and eights. And Hang on, season one, thank you very uh, much. Yes, yeah, sorry. See, it was the second episode of season one yes. you joined us. Sorry. Correct. Oh, good episodes. Oh, mm. yeah. I totally agree there. But then, like we said, we need to put a limit on that. Mm. <laughs> Just wait till he gets to Series 8. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but... yeah, as we continue, I think even towards 6 and 7, you're going to see some more low scores from me. More low scores. I completely understand that. Mm. But I'm afraid that brings us to the end of today's episode. Yeah, it's been good. I've had fun. Have you guys had fun? Yeah, of course. We, we always have fun oh, here always. at Right on Track. Always on the Right on Track podcast. Always. Um, yes, again, just quickly going back to start, please consider donating to a fiery, basically, to help us out with the fires here. It's catastrophic. But this has been a good time. This really cheered me up, especially that rant. Yeah. Um, but what are we going to be covering next episode? Well, on the next episode, we shall be covering Tender Engines, Escape, Oliver owns up and bolty and we may even be bringing in a special guest yes a special guest host we mentioned uh in our new year's eve bonus episode that we were doing that um and we even had Bo on the previous review episode mm. um as a bit of a tester you guys seem to like it so we'll bring uh, someone else in we won't reveal who but we hope that you enjoy it. You'll find out. You'll yes. find out. You only have a week to wait, don't worry. Yeah, Especially if someone remembers to upload, but it's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, this has been episode 22. It has indeed. Yeah. Uh, and that means that we're going to soon be coming to the end of season three. Yeah, we've only got two episodes to the end of season three, then it's season four, and... You know, we've got so much more to cover. Oh, socials. We forgot about them. Yes. Uh, you can visit us at facebook.com forward slash right on track Thomas podcast. Yes. Or our Twitter at on track Thomas. Or Instagram at T-T-T-T-E. I think that's one too many T's underscore right on track. And of course, you can send us an email right on track Thomas at gmail.com. Or if you want, you can access our SIN website on the SIN.org.au. That's S-Y-N.org.au. Not yes. S-I-N. S-Y-N. Yeah, S-Y-N, like synergy. Yes. Uh, yes. But, yeah, feel free to reach us uh, anytime, anywhere. We love chatting to you guys. Uh, we got a few messages going, where are you? So we warmed our hearts. But I'm still Cotter. I'm still Parry. I'm still Denim. And this has been the Right on Track podcast. Adios. Bye-bye. See you later.